Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Aren't you glad that you're right here this morning instead of in the best intensive care unit in San Antonio? Amen? Because we have a great God. We serve a great God. He's the Almighty God. <laughs> Amen. There's a verse in uh, Isaiah that says, From eternity to eternity you are God. No one can snatch anyone out of your hand. No one can undo what you have done. That's our God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, um, it's a pleasure to be up here filling the pulpit for Robert again. Uh, and I was thinking that you pretty much have to be living in a cave uh, without Wi-Fi uh, and not know that the World Health Organization has declared that there is a coronavirus pandemic. However, and but... Our president of the United States, President Trump, has declared that today is a national day of prayer. And he says in his announcement that not only is it a national day of prayer, but it's a national day of prayer for all Americans who are affected by the coronavirus pandemic and for our national response. And Tracy just led us in a prayer. We united our hearts with everybody else in this nation for the time that we are in. Jeannie and I yesterday left our cave, <laughs> and we went into San Antonio to pick up her sewing machine from the repair shop. And while we were there, we thought, hey, you know, we're here in San Antonio. We may as well go to Costco and Whole Foods and pick up some things uh, that we needed. And so we ventured over to uh, Costco, and uh, the place was packed. And uh, I mean, we, we didn't, th I mean, hey, you people are supposed to be staying at home, or, and the parking lot was filled. Uh, there were carts going everywhere, and we go into Costco, and I'm, I'm looking, I'm going, oh my gracious. <clears throat> There were people marauding this poor guy that was unloading a pallet of uh, Clorox handy wipes or something like that. These, these four bottle things. And before he could even get them off, they were grabbing it and putting it in their cart. And they were going along. Huge stacks of water bottles. People picking up bottled water and putting it in their carts. And then we, we kind of mosey on toward the back because we needed to get some dishwasher detergent stuff. And there's this guy that's a Costco employee standing there, and he's saying, we do not have any toilet tissue, <laughs> and we do not have any uh, paper towels. And, and we're going, what? We go back there, and sure enough, the... Uh, the this is Costco. They have mountains of this stuff, and all of the shelves are bare. And we get, we get a thing of one of the last three things of Kleenex and, uh, and our dishwashing detergent, and we check out. And I comment to Jeannie, I said, you know, this is the first time we're going to check out a Costco under $100. <laughs> I saw a guy who was coming out, I'm, I'm telling you the truth, he was carrying boxes of cliff bars 
They were in his hand here, and they went all the way to his chin, and he was carrying cliff bars out to buy. There must have been $50 worth of cliff bars there. I don't know. I guess he was stocking up, or he really liked cliff bars. So anyway, we go to Whole Foods, and we get um, all of our bulk grains and things that we buy there, and, and, uh, and then we said, well, let's, let's just pop over to Target. It's next door. And so we go into Target, and we go over there, and, and again, it's the same thing. All the shelves are completely bare. And so we uh, talked to this little uh, lady that works at the um, uh, self-checkout place, and I said, what's it been like? How long have you been out of toilet tissue? And she says, oh, well, we get a shipment every morning, but people line up at 8 o'clock in the morning to come get toilet tissue. And I'm going, oh. So it reminded me of a verse. And this is in Luke chapter 21. I'm sure you're familiar with it. This is a chapter where Jesus is telling his disciples about the future. And in verses 25 and 26, he says, And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars, and upon the earth distress of nations in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves, men fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. We're seeing it. We're witnessing it. Their nations are in distress. The nations are perplexed. They're scurrying here and there. There is a run on toilet tissue. It's a toilet tissue hysteria because of the, the distress of nations. Men are fainting with fear and with foreboding. The stock market has plummeted and is swinging wildly because nobody knows what to do. They cannot make a decision. They'll decide this thing today and then this thing tomorrow. There is no firm foundation. So I was on a prayer walk the other day, a couple days ago. I go on a prayer walk every day, and this one was an extended prayer walk. And I am praying about all of this stuff. And then the Holy Spirit just drops right into my spirit. It comes right out of my mouth as I am praying. And He says, this coronavirus pandemic is the beginning of the winnowing of the church. And I had to go look up the word winnowing because it's not a word I use every day. And, um, and I, I knew it had something to do with wheat and chaff. And so I go to the dictionary, and sure enough, it says it's the separation of the chaff, which is the outer, lighter hull of the wheat, from the wheat kernel itself. But it's done by, in this definition, by the blowing of wind. It also means to... Um, to separate the, the, um, the good from the bad. It means to uh, get rid of what is unwanted. And I thought about that, and I thought, well, 
the winnowing of the church. So now the wind of the Holy Spirit is blowing through the church to separate that which is unwanted from that which is wanted, that which is good. So I see, I, I, I pray about living waters, just our little part of the church here, and that we will stand together in this evil day. And having done all to stand, because the Lord has given us all the weapons of our warfare, it's called the armor of God. And we can take that sword of the Spirit and that shield of faith, and we can stand side by side for the faith of the Gospel in this wicked and perverse generation. And so I would say with, with all of y'all, is that we decide that like Joshua did, that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so that's what I want to talk about today. And, uh, so get your Bibles out. <clears throat> that was just the preface. And so uh, turn, if you will, to Philippians chapter 4. You know these verses, but the Lord had, has just renewed to me the, uh, what, what Paul is saying in this chapter of Philippians. And, um, and we need to go over it again, church. We need to get this deep down into our spirit, and we need to walk it. We need to walk in the spirit as the spirit blows through the church. So I want you to look at verse 6. We'll start at verse 6. You know this verse. Many of you have memorized it. Many of you um, actually do it. And I want to take a little bit closer look at it today. But it says, in the, I memorized it in the Revised Standard Version, so it may not be exactly like what you have in front of you. But it says, Have no anxiety about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In the New King James, it says, be anxious for nothing. So, I brought some props today. This is show and tell. Let me take the lid off here. Okay, so I have two canning jars, ball, and um, we're going to we're going to give these jars some names. This jar is called everything. This jar is called nothing. And in this jar are a bunch of glass beads. But we're going to call these glass beads things. In fact, all, these glass beads in this jar, we're going to call everything. So everything is in this jar. Now, the verse says, for the first part of verse 6 says, be anxious for nothing, or have no anxiety about anything. Now, the Greek word for anxiety is 
is that it's mirmnau. It means to be anxious. It means to have a lot of care about things. It means to fret. And the word for nothing is medes. And um, medes uh, amazingly means nothing or no one. But what it, what it means is, is that there is no thing in nothing. Right? There is no thing in nothing. The word, the Greek word for everything is, I love this word, in Greek is pas, P-A-S. It means everything, and it means that there is nothing that is not in everything. Okay? Let's go over that again. Nothing, there is no thing in nothing. There is nothing that is not in everything. All right? This, this message today from the Holy Spirit could be named, could be called, Jake, the God of everything. Because we're going to run into this word, pos, over and over again. So the Word says, this is, the, this is God's Word. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 we're reading, right? This is the eternal Word of God. It never changes. It's always the same. It has always been. God is the Word. He is self-existent. And it has always been. So we can utterly trust the Word of God. And He says, be anxious for nothing. But what if we put a thing in here and we call it, I just received a bill that I wasn't expecting, and it's a big one, and I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. That happened to Jeannie and me one day. There were some things in our 2017 Ford Edge that didn't work. And we discovered that rodents had gotten in there and chewed up all the wires. We take it to the service department, and they say, rodents have chewed up all your wires. What do you want to do about it? I want it fixed. Well, we can replace the entire harness for $700 and $800 of labor. And I went, I don't think so. Can you just fix the wires that were chewed up? Yeah, we can do that for $509. And that's what we did. That's better than $1,500. But that was in there. I began to fret a little bit about that. And then I applied the Word of God to my life. Or we could make it a son or a daughter who does not know Christ. And their lives are in tatters. 
as a result of it. And we can stew and fret and wring our hands and cry and worry over that thing. Or it could even be a coronavirus pandemic. So I have three things in the nothing jar. But guess what? This is no longer a nothing jar. And this is no longer an everything jar. So what we need to do, church, this is so important, is we need to take all of these cares and concerns that we fret about, and we need to utterly trust God that He is who He says He is. And by faith, we take each one of them and we place them in the God of everything. And let this be the nothing jar. And let this be the jar of everything. Because he goes on to say, have no anxiety about anything but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Everything. Pos. That, that means that there is nothing that is not in everything. So it does not matter what you are experiencing. He says, bring it all to me in prayer and supplication. That word, that Greek word is deasis, and it means entreaty. It means coming to the Lord with things that you need. He's saying, bring them to me. Bring me your requests. And then this jar, the, we now have new names for these jars. This jar is the jar of faith. This jar is the jar of doubt and unbelief. Okay? So we leave that land, that territory of doubt and unbelief, and we go by faith to this jar. And this jar is now suffused by, it is surrounded by, it is immersed in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Why do we give thanks? Because our God is an answering God. We know that every time we go to Him and we bring our requests to Him, He hears us. And we know that when we come to Him in confidence and we pray according to His will and He hears us, that, that we have what we have petitioned of Him, what we have asked of Him. And so He is the God of everything. And not only that, verse 7 says, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when, when we come into obedience to the Word of God, and we take all of our cares and frets, and we put them into Him, 
into the jar of everything and we bring everything to Him in prayer and supplication, He promises that we will have peace. Not just normal peace. It is peace that passes understanding. You can spend the rest of your days trying to figure it out and you won't be able to. It's beyond our understanding how He pours His peace into us. Jesus Himself said in John 14, 27, My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. John 16, 33 says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. That's the God of everything. He gives us peace. But you might be saying there, silently, and to yourself, but Lex, you don't understand my situation. How can I do this? Because we have a God that cares. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxieties on Christ for He cares about you. Cast all your anxieties. Cast pos. All. Everything. There is nothing that is not in everything. He says, bring it on. I will take everything that you have and I will make it my own. I am for you, so who can ever be against you? So, the Apostle Paul, in writing to the Philippians, in verse 10, I'm reading from the New Living right now, he says, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, for you didn't have the chance to help me. So he's talking about the Philippians' giving him a gift to support him. But he goes on to say, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. And here's the secret. It's verse 13. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do, pos, everything. In Christ, through Christ, who strengthens me? That word for strengthen is indunamao. Indunamao means to endue with strength. It means to give power to overcome. It means to be able to do the extraordinary. That kind of strength. That kind of strength comes from Christ. Jesus. 
So Paul is saying, hey, I've been there. I've done that. I have the t-shirt. I have been in want. I have been in plenty. I have been beaten with rods. I have been thrown into jail. I have been put in stocks and chains. And I have been singing hymns at midnight. And an earthquake came. And all the chains fell off. And all the prison doors opened. And a Philippian jailer and his entire household were saved. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. So it does not matter what our situation is. It doesn't matter whether we are in want, whether we are in plenty. It doesn't matter whether we live here or whether we live there. It doesn't matter where there is a coronavirus pandemic going throughout all the nations of the world. It does not matter what your situation is. When you are in Christ Jesus, you have His strength. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 goes even further and it says we have the mind of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. His Spirit is joined with our spirit. We are partners with Christ. That word in Greek is koinonia. We are in fellowship with Him. We cannot separate from Him. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's why we can take this and we can throw it into God of everything and we can find answers for everything in our life. Amen? There is no coronavirus. There is nothing that can thwart God's plans. And He has a plan for the church. The church is going to rise up. The church is going to be winnowed. The church is going to be purified. The church is going to be shining as bright as a light. Even brighter than the brightest light. And we are going to shine forth Christ to a very dark world. But that's not all. Because Paul goes on to say in verse 19, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from His glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So we don't even have to worry about our supply. No matter what your situation He's going to supply your need. And in, in fact, it says, He will supply all your need. Pos. See, He's the God of everything. He doesn't do things by half measures. He always supplies everything. There is nothing that is not in everything, and He supplies everything that we need. 
So all we have to do is we stand in faith. We do not waver. Like Abraham, no distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what He had promised. That's what He's doing for us. That's what He's doing for me, Jeannie, Laura, Robert, right now, down in the valley, he's doing it for Robert. Robert is speaking the same word out to that people of the church right now. And that word, the word is going out from the water hole to the ends of the earth. The ends of the earth are hearing the word from this little place, this water hole. And so the Lord gave me a vision the other day of living waters. I mean, living waters. Jesus was at the well with the Samaritan woman, and He said, give me a drink. And she said, uh, well, you know, I mean, you don't even have a bucket or a rope or anything. And, and, uh, and, and He said, He told her, He said, if you knew who you were talking to, you would ask me for living water. He is living water. So, so I, I saw this, this uh, living waters in Utopia, Texas as an oasis, not of just earthly water, but of living water, of spiritual water, of supernatural water, and the water going out and flowing, and it's, and it's bathing the world, it's bathing to the ends of the earth. And, and I don't know how the Lord's going to do it. I don't know how the Spirit's going to do it, but it's being done. Because our God is the one that says that He will supply all of our needs from His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And so He, he has supplied our need. If you think about it, if He's the self-existent God, if He exists in time, in the past, present, and future, all at the same time, we're locked in time. He's not. He is time. And, and so, in reality, He has already supplied all of our needs. He supplied all of our needs at the foundation of the world. And all we do is wait right now, Hebrews 4.16 says, let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace to help in time of need. That's the kind of God I'm talking about. He's the God of everything. And we can come to that throne of grace this very moment, at this very minute, at this very hour, and we can receive from Him everything that we need. Do not let the enemy convince you of anything else. Just like Satan tried to deceive Jesus in the wilderness, and Jesus responded with the Word, respond with the Word. Uh-uh. My God says, He will supply all of my need according to His riches in Christ Jesus. My God says that He will strengthen me. He will allow me. He will push me. He will, he will motivate me to accomplish all things in Christ because He strengthens me. My God will give me peace that passes understanding. 
because I am anxious for nothing. So, let me maybe just put this in your heart. Maybe you need to do something tangible about this to make it real. To make it come to pass in your life. Maybe right now, some of you have a thing in your nothing jar. Or maybe you have a whole bunch in your nothing jar. And you need to go home, and we're country folks. I'm sure you've got two canning jars in your house. Get two canning jars out, and you label them everything and nothing. Faith, doubt, and unbelief. Peace, fear. And set those on your counter. And then go to the throne of grace and say, Father, I'm taking every one of these things and I'm putting them in you. You have them. I release it. I present myself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you. I'm not going to be conformed to this world anymore, but I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind so that I can prove what your will is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen? Won't you rise with me, stand up, and let me pray. Do we have a prayer team today? Okay, can I have the prayer team up here? So I want to uh, add my voice to what um, Tracy has already prayed on this National Day of Prayer. And I would ask you to not just leave it to this service, but the rest of this day, join with our nation in praying. Satan is mounting an attack, but, but we're, we, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. Our God is an almighty God, and all the little mighties have to bow down to Him. Right? So, um, continue in an attitude of prayer the rest of the day, because I believe that the Holy Spirit prompted the President of our United States to declare this as a national day of prayer. <clears throat> and our God will hear from heaven. <clears throat> and He can heal our land. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll have the prayer team up here. So if any of you want to take something in your nothing jar and put it in the everything jar, they're here to pray with you and agree with you on that. Father God, I thank You <clears throat> that You are the Almighty God. You are the one and only God. There is no other God. There never has been, and there never will be. From eternity to eternity, You are God. No one can snatch anyone out of your hand. No one can undo what you have done. <coughs> 
No one can thwart your plans. So we agree, Father, we agree as uh, a unity, in the unity of the body of Christ, we agree with you that Jesus Christ is preeminent. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Him. And we submit ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. We bow our knees and we petition you and we pray to you to flood us with peace that passes understanding. To strengthen us to accomplish all things. And to supply all of our need according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We believe it. Father, and all the people said, Amen.